Hello, it's me, Tyler, and you're tuned into the Frayed Medium Podcast. This is episode three, and in this episode, I conclude my interview with author and historian Brian Brennan. We last left off talking about the Calgary Sun versus Calgary Herald, in which I learned there wasn't much of a rivalry as I had envisioned. Brian spent his time at the Calgary Herald as a theater critic. I asked Brian how important the critiquing of art is to the art community. This is what he had to say. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tustina, the Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. My sense was that it was, it was, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it was, um, it was very important to, to the, um, to the theaters themselves, um, because it gave them a reading on, on how well they, they were doing. Um, if, if they were, uh, achieving what they set out to achieve and they saw that validated in the pages of the of, of the herald um that made them feel good about themselves and uh, you know and especially when it came to say um trying trying out new work trying out the work of a new playwright for example and um you know and and of course they don't know until the, the, the crowds start coming in um how successful it's going to be. So, so they're they're taking a risk, and um, so I, I think for the theaters themselves, yeah, it was it was very important to have that that regular commentary in the newspaper, and I think perhaps by extension, that theater enthusiasts um, felt the same way that they would they would you know they go to see the show, and uh, then they they'd open the newspaper and say, well, let's see what the Calgary Herald said about. It. Okay, yeah. My opinion would be completely different from the opinion of somebody who'd spent good money to see the show, and then they would write letters to the editor saying that the critic should be fired because he doesn't know anything about theater. But you know that's par for the course. That that's what happens when you express your, I guess when you express your opinion on anything. You know, if you're writing about politics, you you probably get much the same reaction as that. Uh, you know, people, if they disagree with the, your opinions, um, they want you to know. Them. So, so I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think as far as the, um, as far as the theater going community, I think, yes, it was important as well. And, uh, and I think the fact that we gave terrific display to our arts and entertainment coverage, um, I mean, when the, the Calgary, op- Calgary Opera opened uh, a new production, I mean, there was, there was a big picture and, uh, and, you know, and then sometimes, which would appear on the, on the front page of the newspaper, and it would certainly be on the on the front page of the uh, the arts and entertainment section, and um, and that and that I suppose the the message there was, we the newspaper consider this to be important, and maybe you should consider it to be important as well, and uh, and and I and I, I think people certainly would have. Uh, would have looked at it that way. For them, the very fact that there, there's the Calgary Herald raving about the uh, the latest production of the Calgary uh, the Calgary Opera, um, that that's 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 a good reason for buying season's tickets. That that justifies the fact that we uh, that we bought money to to see all the operas this year. So so yeah, I, awesome. I think it's important. 
You have been listening to the Frayed Media Podcast. Up next, Brian tells us the highlight of his career was when he was banned from Stage West twice. Podcasts such as the Frayed Medium Podcast can be found on cmru.ca. Well, I was I was banned for life from Stage West. Um, not once, but twice. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> they 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 didn't they didn't like my reviews, obviously. And uh, so the, 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 they complained to the publisher, who happened to be Pat O'Callaghan at the time, and um, he uh, saying that, well, the, they were saying that Brennan hates dinner theatre. And, you know, why would you send a guy who hates dinner theatre to cover our shows? It's like sending a guy who, uh, who hates Italian food to a restaurant that serves only Italian food. Why, why would you do that? And uh, Pat O'Callaghan didn't give them the time of day and uh, so then you know having failed to replace me with somebody else they decided to to kick me out and uh, that story actually made variety uh, magazine the newspaper hollywood uh, newspaper variety um a story appeared in that um uh, and also in uh, in the toronto newspapers you know, the fact that i was kicked out of stage west was actually big news oh wow <laughs> so, so here's the Here's the funny thing, Tyler, was that, okay, so, and I was, in fact, I was just as relieved not to uh, have to go see Stage West for a while. And then they got a new artistic director. And uh, when the when the new artistic director came in and he said, well, when will the reviews be, be in the paper? And they said, well, we don't get reviewed in the paper anymore. And, uh, and so he invited me. He said, you know, um, I don't, he said, I don't know what happened before. He said, well, please come back. He said, yeah, I want you to re- review our shows so we can get a, a reading on, on how well we're doing. And uh, so I was, I was invited back, but nothing had really changed. And so, so then they banned me a second time. So I, I'm, I'm probably the only guy in history to receive two life ba- lifetime bans from Stage West Inner Theatre. So... I love that. I love that story. <laughs> it's a great story. My, my crowning achievement as a critic. The newspaper industry has been in decline for a while now. From how we consume our news to how we report our news, it has all changed. I wanted to ask Brian his thoughts on this and what the future has in store. Here's what he had to say. Um, I think biggest uh, and most well-funded newspapers, and I'm thinking particularly of, say, uh, the New York Times, um, they will survive as uh, as print media. There there are not a lot of them, of course. Um, I think what's ultimately what's going to happen is that the the print version of the, the newspapers um, eventually is just going to disappear. This has already happened. I mean, uh, I was reading, I guess, in the last week or so, that, uh, that Salt Lake City, for example, which had two daily newspapers, now has no daily newspapers at all. They're, 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 now, they do have an online presence. And a lot of the, the newspapers, the Seattle Post-Intelligencer was another one, which a lot of them still have an online presence. And I think more and more 
uh, newspapers, traditional legacy print newspapers, um, are going are going to are going to go in that direction. So um, the I, I I think that that the uh, I don't see uh, with with rare exceptions um, I, I don't see a bright future for for print newspapers. Um, but people people still want the news, and 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 they want reliable news, and uh, and you know that the, they they don't necessarily. Uh, they don't necessarily look to uh, to to Google or to Facebook uh, or even the Huffington Post because because they know that 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 the or, or if they paid any attention to it they'll know that the, uh, the the news there is is not being they don't have reporters for example I mean that they just they just draw from other sources well well somebody had to write those stories in the first instance. And there's always going to be an appetite for um, for for the, the work of, of of reporters, which has be, become more important than ever, to my mind. I mean, I mean, if we're going to have have a handle on this this uh, this crazy world of ours, um, there there's got to be people out there. There's got to be people in the field. There's got to be people uh, reporting those stories and, uh, and 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 reporting them back. And um, I mean. Like, like my, you know, I've said, I've said this many, many times, but my feeling is if somebody you know, passes on something that they, that they saw on Facebook, you know, maybe to do with the pandemic, so did, did you hear that they're going into lockdown in Spain for six months or something like that? My attitude is always, I'll believe it if I see it in the New York Times. Otherwise, I'm suspicious. If it's something that came from Facebook um, or came from another... That's that's not to say that 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 you don't get good stories from time to time. But I still want the corroboration. I still want the reliable of the, the of the legacy media, the mainstream media, before I'm going to believe that it's happening. And and then a couple of years ago, I remember that the Pulitzer Prize went to a reporter from of all publications from the National Enquirer. If you oh, wow. can believe it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That so from time to time, some of the uh, some of the, these the, these uh, media organizations that that old traditionalists like myself might be inclined to look down our noses at. Sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they do it better than than we've been doing it. So um, so yeah, but but I think I I, I think there, you still have to have money. I mean. The kind of investigative journalism that a well-funded media organization uh, does. I mean, no, no blogger can compete with that. Um, I mean, look at some of the, the, the big examples that we've had in Canada. Like, for example, the, the Globe and Mail uh, wrote a series, uh, Robin Doolittle, I think it was called Unfounded, about the number of, uh, of sex assault cases that uh, where, the, where the victim went police and uh, the police essentially didn't believe or didn't think there was sufficient evidence there to uh, to prosecute and uh, so the file was closed and uh, it was classified as, as unfounded now Robin Doolittle spent probably I don't know at least a year investigating that story um, 
Well, of course, the Globe and Mail paid for her time while she was investigating that story. And uh, I mean, and the results have been caused police departments all across the country to look at some of the cases that uh, that they, they hadn't spent a lot of time with in the past and revisit. I mean, it, it caused a me sort of a sea change in the way that uh, sex assault cases are, are dealt with by police departments across the country. That was journalism at its best. And that's public service journalism. And the only way you can do that is if you've got money. You know, there's no blogger who could have done that. Yeah. I mean, with all, all due respects to, to Jesse Brown in Canada land, there's only so much that he can do because he doesn't have, as a matter of fact, are you familiar with Jesse Brown? I am, yes. Yes, I am, yes. Yeah. Uh, Canada well, host, uh, he, I, I believe that he broke the We Charity uh, scandal if if, if um... well he's yeah he cer he certainly covered that in depth but i mean he was he was the one who really broke the uh, Gian Gomeshi story oh correct yes Th and that is but, why it... yeah but but he realized that he didn't have the resources that because inevitably there were going to be lawsuits coming out of this there were, there were going to be defamation lawsuits and um, he he didn't he didn't have the money in the bank to, do, to deal with the kind of legal issues that might come up. And so he had to find a partner. And, and he found that partner in the Toronto Star. And now he was on, on, on safer ground because if anything was going to happen to the story, um, the, at least he, he now had the support of the, of the Toronto Star and they would pick up the legal bills for, for anything that might arise from that. But, and, and that's, uh, that's, that, that's just to illustrate the, the difference that uh, no matter how keen or energetic or that that you might be as a freelancer uh, or as a as a blogger, the fact of the matter is that um, the if you, if you don't have those kinds of resources behind you, um, a lot of journalism is is just not going to get done. So so it's still it's still very important, even if it, if, if it's uh, the news isn't is not appearing in print so much any, anymore. Uh, we still have to have those, those reporters on the ground covering those stories. This concludes my interview with Brian Brennan. I hope you enjoyed our conversation together. I want to thank Brian for joining me on the Frayed Medium podcast. The Frayed Medium podcast can be found at cmru.ca. Thank you for listening.